Welcome to the True Rebellion podcast. This is Andrew Korianik, and with me is Pasquale Neri. Hello, Pasquale. How's it going, my friend? It's going rather well, despite uh, all the apparent chaos that's going on in the world right now. We've got uh, the coronavirus reemerging. We've got a contested election. We've got people protesting both the coronavirus restrictions and the election. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like we said uh, going into this, we wanted to talk about the election today. And it's like, where do you even begin? You know, where do you even begin? And I guess, you know, one thing you said, apparent chaos. And that's one thing I question every day, you know, is is it really as bad as it looks on the news? And of course, the answer to that is no. Um, no, it's not as bad as it looks on the news. So apparent chaos. Yeah, though, nobody, there's no denying that these are, these are uh, troubled times. So I got to say, I am, I, I am pretty impressed with how we've kept it together over the election thus far. There wasn't any, you know, rioting in the streets or anything like that. Uh, um, you know, it's not over yet, but uh, uh, at least not not for good. But, uh, you know, it's been it's it's been all right. You know, it's been all right. We've handled it all right. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I, I did use a parent for that reason. You know, the media is always going to blow things out of proportion. And, uh, sometimes, you know, people are uh, more bark than bite when it comes to how they're going to handle a situation. But. Overall, I tend to agree with you. Uh, if, if you're not watching the news, everything seems to be about as normal as it was before the election, all things considered. So even though, you know, this election is being contested, it seems like it's all being taken in stride. And the initial kind of panic, I think, for lack of a better word, or uh, it, it's kind of died down a little bit and people are kind of accepting where everything is at right now. And I'm actually a little bit more surprised at that than I thought I was going to be. But uh, it, it is refreshing to see that it's kind of like a relaxed approach to how everything's been handled. That's not to say yeah. that there's not protests going on here and there, but it's not nothing. Some crazy stories, you know, you, uh, obviously there's you can find some crazy stories out there, you know, whatever. But it's like overall, we've kept it together really well. Um, uh, even, even, yeah, you know, we've kept it together really well. Um, uh, now when it, so when we turn out, you know, on the election itself, it's like, eh. um, but as far as how we've handled it and, you know, just even beyond the election in general, you know, uh, the world had problems before 2020, but it's never been half as bad as it's appeared on the news. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm 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 pretty happy with the way all that played out. Now the election itself, though, you know, it's like, and and when we turn to the politics and everything, it's like, oh, you know, uh, it's like, oh, you know, what do you even, you know, again, where do you even begin? And I was thinking about it as I was preparing for this, and I was wait, wait you know, what do you even start to tackle? Um, and well, of course, true rebellion, we're about, you know, we, we're about, you know, ascension in a lot of ways and still, you know, so it's like, we want to talk, you know, talk about like 
about like healing in a roundabout way. Um, talk about healing through broadening our horizons and kind of checking our own hypocrisy. Um, yes. Uh, you know, like what startled me, what really the only thing about all of this since even COVID began, you know, when it comes to talking about, oh, you know, they were, it's a familiar refrain right now that America is so polarized, America is so divided. And that's true. It's been that way for, for a decade now or more. Um, uh, what really worried me, though, was just how... How deep inside the bubble some people have gone. And what I mean is like, is like, there are just so many people who, if Trump says it, they're either not going to believe it, no matter what it is, or they're going to believe it, no matter what it is, you know? And, and it's like, it's this kind of disconnect, this, 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 inability to just just attain any level of objective truth is really kind of new you know and so like take a look let's put it in context you know like like trump started talking about about election integrity okay election integrity and the possibility of of voter fraud and you know the mail-in ballots were a big part of that conversation um and and you know he said multiple times oh if they steal the election stuff like that and so he started talking like that and the response from the from the people who just hate Trump and trust I understand why people just have this innate you know visceral reaction to the man um the response to all that though was from the people who hate him was oh then there's no way that this election is it could be could be tampered with whatsoever. It's like if Trump suggests that the election might be tampered with, then tampering with the election is impossible. It's not going to happen. I'll never believe it if they try and tell me that it happens. <laughs> but the thing is, is I don't think Americans realize is that like our elections get tampered with all the friggin' time. <laughs> like uh, you know, at the end of the day, who controls the voting and the precincts and all that? It's it's the it's the locals, okay? It's it's done at the local level, not even the state level. It's like yeah, the state has laws in place, but it's the locals who administer all this stuff, okay? And and who actually count the ballots? And you know, we've seen how much of a shit show this could turn into in two thousand in Bush versus Gore, where we had all of a sudden, you know, like these these minor Florida officials who, you know, wouldn't make it at the federal level are thrust into the spotlight because of the state's recount. And it's like, so these locals are there. And I mean, I'm from Chicago. Okay. I worked in Chicago politics. Like they do this every single election. They steal ballots. They hide ballots. They count ballots twice. Like this happens all the time in Chicago. They have what's called white guys with suits. And, and it's literally, they get, they get, um, you know, they take, they take their cleanest campaign for professionals, put them in, you know, have them wear nice suits, give them fake board of elections ideas and send them into all black precincts. So these white guys walk in wearing suits with these board of elections, uh, IDs 
and nobody fucking think, nobody challenges them because these are the poorest districts of the place. So, so they tamper with the vote that way. You know, it's like, it's like this happens all the time. And yeah, it's definitely worse at the local and state level, but, but it can happen in the federal elections. It ha- we know for a fact it happened when Kennedy got elected. You know, it's like like this happens all the freaking time. We know when it got when Bush uh, got elected, the uh, the second Bush, uh, Bush W. You know, uh, we know that shit got tampered with. It happens all the time, and because Trump is the one saying that, so willing to believe that it's actually possible that it happened. Right, right. It's almost it, it applies not just to the context of vote tampering, but but anything, you know. Right. Yeah, it does apply to practically anything you could think of. And I mean, you're right. He did set the stage for this. I, I don't know how long before the election he was saying these kinds of things, but he definitely was putting that into the consciousness, the collective consciousness of American voters before the election even happened. So you're right. Right up until voting day, people were like, oh, yeah, like the election is going to be tampered with if you're for Trump. And then, oh, no, there's no way that we could tamper with the election if you're for Biden. And I tend to think that both sides, you know, regardless of who really wins this thing, it's kind of like sports. They're not going to ultimately be happy with who wins because no side ever is. Um, I even recall uh, watching a Hillary interview being interviewed on TV, and she said that we will, without a doubt, we can't concede the election regardless of what happens. There's no way that Joe Biden, if he loses that we concede the election, no way we can do it. So even, even the democratic side of things was kind of purporting the same idea. Trump was only with their. And and that's an interesting point because, you know, we, we, it's hard not to talk about how, how fucked up the media is when we're talking about the election here, you know, like, especially they, they really exposed themselves um, with Trump. And the thing is, is that they've gotten away with it because Trump, but later people step back and, and realize, oh, wow, the media just exposed itself for. Oh, uh, the propaganda arm uh, for the oldest uh, oligarchs that it is. Um, um, but that was another uh, interesting about the Rumble. Everybody's like, oh, what if Trump doesn't concede? What if Trump doesn't concede? And it all starts because Trump just is doing his blowhard tweeting bullshit, you know, which the media insists on taking seriously and the left insists on taking seriously. And it's like, all right, yeah, he's the president. But it's like, hey, we should know by now. It's like, like you can't take a lot of what he says uh, seriously. Not that it's, I'm excusing it. No, I'm not excusing it. But what I'm saying is like when you drum up all these, all this, like, all this nonsense, all this anger, all this frustration over things that are facetious to begin with, it's just not worth your energy. Um, so, so we had, you know, Trump makes some one off, some one off comments about them stealing the election. And that's how it got started. And it was all like, Oh, what happens if Trump doesn't concede? Is the military going to come in and kick him out of the white house and blah. And, you know, and it was all like, but nobody ever asked Biden, like, okay, you know, what, what, what would it take under what circumstances would you concede? Because we knew that, that the counting was going to take longer due to the mail-in ballots and COVID and all of that. It's like, but nobody asked him like, all right, under what 
circumstances would you concede? And now you have Hillary saying this. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, you know, when this will be decided, Andy, is the day the electoral college votes. No, neither side's going to concede. So we're going to be dealing with this nonsense until I for it's sometime in December when the electoral college votes. Um, uh, that's when that's when this election will be decided. Right. And by the time the day comes and the electoral college finally spins in their votes, what do you think the reaction will be from the public at that point? You know, because like who knows what can happen between then and now and who knows like what could happen like when the electoral co- there are all sorts of fun rules that govern the electoral college and let me say first of all that like like the electoral college gets a lot of flack um and for good reason the way we do it is awful um but in theory it serves oh, actually a really good purpose which is it brings finality to our elections um whereas if you only have the popular vote that shit you know like we could, we've seen you know between lawsuits and all that it could turn ugly really fast the electoral college brings fi- finality to our elections um but there's no there's no reason why we have to do this winner take all system that's a race to the bottom that's the political parties set that up you know in their gamesmanship that that whole winner take all system does not need to exist. That's not mandated as part of the electoral college. That's decided by each state how they're going to award their electors. Be that as it may, um, when the electoral college votes, like there are all sorts of little rules, and depending on what happens between now and then, and you know how these lawsuits go, you know Trump's bringing all sorts of lawsuits. How these lawsuits go and stuff like that, you could end up having a situation where uh, electors vote not even from one of the two candidates on, who are on the ballot. To be honest with you. But, uh, but certainly people from states that Biden won could conceivably under certain circumstances end up voting for Trump. And it's like he could win the electoral college um, uh, that way. And it's like at that point, who the fuck knows how the public's going to react if he wins that way? That's, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Although, you know, to me, Let's say I was like the world's most evil man and I was trying to manipulate the election like in a more objective sense to put the person into power that I feel like would do the best job for me. I think it would make sense that you let the media and you let Biden supporters think that, oh, yes, Joe Biden has won the election, hands down. There's no way to contest this. Try as Trump may, he's still not going to be able to, even after the, all the lawsuits and everything come to pass, that he still loses, uh, that, you know, let's say that Trump actually wins after all that is said and done. And then everybody has been led to think that Joe Biden was the president. Up to this right. Point. What happens I, in the streets? Yeah, that that in and of itself would cause, I think, the most amount of uh, actual chaos. Right. What is going on right now? Say Joe Biden is the president. Right. You know, it's like and they've. They've got it, you know, like they've taken it to the bank already, which I don't know. You know, it's like, like, uh, you know, like we're t- when we're talking lawsuits. OK. And, and, and here's the other thing is like there's there's plenty to be 
skeptical about. Like, for example, in Georgia, in Atlanta, okay, which is like the like the main Democratic, you know, uh, bastion in Georgia, which because uh, uh, you know the suburbs uh, started going against Trump, um, all of a sudden Georgia was in play. Well, you know, at the headquarters where they're counting the votes. On election night, all of a sudden a pipe bursts and everybody's out. They had to stop the count for four hours and, and nobody's allowed in. And what, what have you? It's like, come on. You expect me to believe a pipe burst in the middle of the fucking count on election day? You're like, no. How many ballots did you count twice? That's what I want to know. And I'm, I'm, I mean, like, there's no doubt in my mind. This stuff, you know, it's so hard for some people to believe but it's like you got to understand the political class lives in a different world by a different set of rules. They were Americans. We're conditioned from an early age to believe that our elections are infallible, but they're not. They're right. not by any means. They're fucked with all the fucking time. OK, they, they there has never been a history, a point in our history where our elections haven't been fucked with. OK. It's like, uh, so I, you know, uh, there's plenty about this, this, uh, this election to really kind of raise some eyebrows, you know? And then once that stuff gets in court, you know, it's like, it's anybody's bugging. Right. Yeah. That's why, you know, I'm, it's weird. I don't think the Democrats should count their chickens before they hatch at this point, because, that will be the ultimate, you know, that will be the ultimate kind of true job in their eyes. You know, how Trump supporters feel now only multiplied by a hundred. Right. That's how they're going to feel. The election is overturned at that point and Trump, Trump becomes the president. Yeah, you know, I think that yeah, you're a hundred percent on point. I mean, you're, you're a hundred percent on point. They're really counting it. And it's like, the more they do that, the more this, but you know, it's like the courts are there for a reason and if you put in front of a judge, you know, this is me putting my lawyer hat now on, um, you know, I don't practice, but I passed the bar and I did well in law school and all that. Um, if you put in front of a judge, uh, give them proof that, oh, this dead person voted or this person voted, but they're not actually registered or this person voted uh, twice. Um, all of a sudden, the whole thing has got to get recounted. You know, like, because the judge has got no choice at that point. Like, what are you going to do if you get evidence that so, that one ballot is is fucked? You got to imagine that there are more of them. And so, like, and you know, once that starts happening, you got recounts. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And is there a timeline to all of this? Uh, is there a point where it's not going to matter how badly? Donald Trump wants to contest the election. Joe Biden, is that, you know, January 20th? No, you know, we're in uncharted waters, you know, like the pre the president's supposed to be inaugurated by a certain, certain day, and it's never really dragged out um, at, to any serious length uh, in our history before. The, the main example would be Bush versus Gore. Um, um, but this looks to go even longer because we're talking multiple states, you know, uh, multiple claims in each state. Uh, uh, the, the Bush versus Gore was peanuts compared to this, was a simple case compared to this. Um, so it could go, and, and you know, who knows? And Trump doesn't, it, it, 
you know, like Al Gore. And see, that's the other thing is like that wasn't technically wasn't the end of legal proceedings in Bush versus Gore. The Supreme Court opinion was kind of like the, you know, getting close to the end of the legal options for Al Gore. But it wasn't the end. He said he decided to concede at one point. At that point, he decided to concede. He kept saying, but he conceded. Um, uh, Trump's not. Yeah, you think Trump's going to do that? No, Trump's going to appeal, appeal, appeal. You know, it's like, you know, we haven't even fucking heard from the Supreme Court on this yet. Like, like, you gotta, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. But like I, now, you know, like getting all the electoral, all, all, all the electoral nuts and bolts out of the way about the election integrity, you know, like Andy, and we've, yeah, that doesn't matter. The, like we, you and I, we have no real attachments to this, to the outcome. Okay. It's like, it doesn't change the big picture for us, what we're going to do, uh, how we're going to live our lives. It just changes some specifics. We have no, we surrendered to the divine orchestration. You know what I'm saying? Um, what's more important for us when we're talking election is, is, you know, really healing and, you know, um, trying trying to get us talking to each other civilly again and all that, you know, it's like politics is not a good enough reason to break, to end friendships or to, to disown family members or anything like that. It's not, it's just not. And there's too much of that happening right now. And, and, you know, who the fuck is benefiting from it? And those fuckers laughing, just laughing, pulling on the strings. It's like, no, this is not a good enough reason to hate people. That's that's very true, and I've I've seen enough of it in my family, and it seems like it's been building over the last you know ten to twenty years in particular. It's it's almost like when Al Gore conceded the election in two thousand. That's when politics in this country really kind of diverged in two directions, and like the middle is it's irreconcilable in a lot of people's eyes. And it's only gotten worse since then. But you're right. There, there has to be a way for people to see kind of through all of this nonsense and, and look at things more objectively and find out what's better for all of us and not treat politics like it's sports, not identifying so much with your own side. Because I feel like at the end of the day, you know, people, regardless of what their side is actually saying, as far as policy is concerned, they just want to win. win. That's it. Like they don't. And it's um, before and Trump. This was before Trump. They just want to win. You know, and this, it's like that song, uh, um, uh, singing songs and a carry in signs, mostly say hooray for our side, you know, stop. Hey, what's that? Who's that again? I don't even remember right now. Um, uh, <laughs> um, they just want to win. And it's like, and it's like you, if you ask people in the abstract, okay, like, is either party, any political group, right 100% of the time? They'll say no. You know, if you ask them in the abstract, they'll say no, of course not. Nobody's right 100% of the time. But then when you start going down the specifics, they're going to every single specific say that their side is right. So they have no problem understanding the, the theory that, hey, not, not everybody's, nobody's right all the time but they have a real hard time applying it and seeing when their side 
is wrong. And, you know, like part of that's on them, part of that's on the media and the politicians who encourage that shit, whether consciously or unconsciously, um, uh, you know, uh, but it's, it's not so like using Trump as an example. Let's again, let's contextualize, you know, uh, uh, yeah, Trump says a lot of really racist shit. Okay. Uh, and, and, uh, more so more so the first time he ran, than now. but yeah, Trump says some racist shit. And for some people like that's it, like Trump's a racist and every single one of his supporters is a racist. But here's the thing, like, if you don't go to a political speech, all which most of us don't, we don't go to these rallies. All you see, you don't see the whole speech. You don't read the whole speech. All you get is what the media chooses to show you. And what does the media choose to show you? Well, they're going to give you the thing that gets you to click or to keep you watching, whatever. So they show you the seven-second soundbite of Trump saying this racist stuff. And it's like, to the person who's only getting that, it's like, oh, look at what he's saying. He's such a racist. Yeah, when you have that seven-second soundbite, in the middle of a 45 minute speech and a two hour rally, two hour long rally. Like it's easy to see how people are willing to forgive him for some of that, you know, uh, uh, as opposed to voting for Hillary or, uh, or Joe, you know, um, like it's really easy to see. <clears throat> and yet, it's not easy for the people who are watching on their screens to understand like, Oh, how this many people can be racist. It's like, no, they're not racist. It's like most people are just, you know, like, like it's, it's uh, shades of gray here, matters of degree. It's like they're willing to forgive some racist stuff. Uh, you know, and now we're not talking, we're not talking about, about the, about the, uh, 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 con- super conservative base. No, we're talking about the people in the middle because Trump couldn't have won without the people in the middle. Same as any president ever. Um, you know, it's easy to see how a lot of people in the middle, um, you know, blue collar, uh, blue collar working class people were willing to forgive Trump's racism in the face of Hillary, who they saw as the epitome of everything that was wrong with Washington, D.C., you know, like, like, that's easy for me to see. So, so like to people, to people, it's like, we're all just people. We're all just people. Everything's complicated. Life is complicated. You know, there's this new word in the English dictionary, Sonder. It's the understanding that every single person's story is as intricate and complex as your own. And the other thing that I would add on top of that right now is that, hey, nobody has a choice in who they are any more than you do. So just like you can't choose to see things another way other than what you truly believe, what you feel in your heart and your mind. They can't do that either. So it's like if we can just accept this level of humanity and this level of imperfection in our fellows, like we could just be so much more harmonious with one another. That's actually a very good point. Um, And it's not easy to get to that, to get to that point either. But I think that would uh, Towards the towards the healing process, you're right. I mean, 
I, when I look at both sides, both sides have their issues in that regard. And I mean, we don't really need to get into the nuts and bolts of that either. But it's just like, and you, and you mentioned it earlier a little bit, like it, we have to be able to see our own hypocrisy when it comes to our politics. And we have to be able to see our own imperfections because we don't like it when the other guy does it. But it's a lot easier for us to see that the other guy's doing it. But when you have to kind of look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh, wow, like I can be like this too sometimes. It, it becomes it becomes more difficult to criticize right. that other person because you know, it's like, it's, he's a hypocrite, says the hypocrite. You know, but it's like, you know, it's like, and you know, on and on and on it goes, round and round and round. Um, hypocrisy. Everybody's a hypocrite to some extent, and because it's just part of being human. Um, the only way to to start getting over that, or to lessen the extent to which you are a hypocrite is to actually work on it and check your hypocrisy. And like, it's not an easy thing to do, especially when it comes to politics. And especially now in the middle of this heated, tense climate, you know, it's like, but you know, people don't, you know, like it's, that's really, you know, if we're talking about healing and, you know, achieving inner peace and transcending after all the nonsense of 2020 and all of that. Like, it's got, you know, obviously we're talking about starting within. It's got to start with a total, you know, you got to do just like a reset on your feelings and and just kind of like forgive and forget everything for a little bit and just like really commit to, commit to, uh, to harmony with our fellow man like it's not like like we're so angry and it's like just because there's something angry there's something that 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 may lead you to anger you're the one who gets angry you know um uh, we don't need to respond so aggressively and so violently with each other. We don't need to hate each other. You know, at the end of it, you know, it's like, ask people like, did your life really change while Trump was in office? And it's like, no, no, it didn't. No, the only way it changed was now you on your social media, flicking through your feeds, saw all this Trump stuff that made you angry all the but you're the one on the social media did much you know while you know no president does much you know like uh, like uh, Obama had one major win which was Obamacare Trump had one major win which was he got uh three Supreme Court justices in four years which is just nutty you know, but it's like, it's like, you know, the, the, the things haven't changed that much. And Trump was never even the problem to begin with. He was merely a symptom of the problem. And on top of that, Biden never even pretended to be an actual cure. So, so it's like, let's just all hit pause. Now it's over. Or, or maybe after it's finally over, just hit pause, take a breath, and remember to love you know, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly true. You you brought up a lot of interesting points there as well because I I bring that point up with a lot of people when they start getting very heated about their political opinions, and I I'll ask the same question like, how much has your life actually changed since the last election? And the, the response is always almost one hundred percent of the time like, oh well, not that much. 
but so-and-so is an idiot and I don't like him. And it's like, okay, but you admit that, yeah, not a lot has changed. Like certain things do, but ultimately your day-to-day life right. and changes and from, very And from little. there, what are you doing? And you're just like, getting aggravated for no reason. You're expending your energy for no reason. It's like, okay, you know, like the protest after, for you know, we'll contextualize it again, after George Floyd's death, you know, like protesting after that, you know, like, okay, we had, we had a bad summer of police brutality. All right. Some, some protesting was good, but then you know, like what happened in Portland, you know, like just way too fucking far, you know, and I don't want to get, you know, down into the nitty gritty of, you know, who was right, who was wrong. Like everybody's right. Everybody's wrong, uh, wrong, you know, when it comes to all that protesting and stuff, but it's like, draw the line, draw, you know, draw the line. We don't need to be this, like this, this is not in, in a productive use of our energy. It's not like to be this angry. Anger is a drug. It clouds your judgment and your reason. It makes you dumb. Anger makes you dumb. Seriously. Nothing ever works out the way you think it's going to work out when you're angry. Um, you know, like, like, so just, yeah, take a breath. Remember that nobody else has, nobody has any more of a choice in what they think that, than you do. You know, all we can do is choose to like challenge our assumptions and stuff like that. Um, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we, we say this a lot, and it, but it still rings true. You know, start focusing on yourself a little bit more. You know, you don't need, at, at this point especially, you don't need to worry about what's going on with the election. That's completely right. out of your hands at this point. You can do all the you want. That's going to matter very little once everything wraps up. And whoever the president is going to be is out of your hands at this point. You've already cast your vote. So the best thing to do would be to, you know, just let that run its course because, you, like you said, it's just making us more and more angry and more and more anxious as we're getting closer to that day that we find out who the actual president is. So just, you know, everybody needs to take a break. And again, we say this a lot, but take a break right. from a lot of the things that you've become so that you identify with so much, your social media, the news, like all that stuff. Unfucking plug, you know, just, just unplug, like, like, and, and, you know, like you said, work on, you know, it's like now is that a perfect time to work on yourself, you know, like a lot of places are going back into, you know, somewhat of a quarantine mode and all that, like work on yourself, look inward, like, because until, you know, you, you can't change the world and make it better, a better place until you've become the best version of yourself possible. It's like, you, I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about that. Okay. Like, like you got to take care of yourself first, then you can take care of the world. It's like in an airplane when the masks come on, put your own on first before you help people with theirs. And it's not just about, you know, this is, this is about respect. Like, if you go forth into the world without taking care of yourself first, it's not just that you're not helping, you're actively harming people and the world and in ways that you don't even probably realize, you know? And so it's like, it's like, yes, look inward, go for, and everybody's journey is different. Everybody's journey is different. I can't, we can't tell you 
what you're looking for or what you need to work on or, you know, any of that, or maybe, you know, you're listening and you're, you're decades into your journey and, and you, you, you just, but you also know that this is a never ending lifelong thing, which is that it, which it is, you know, it's like, it's like inward, 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 inward. And once you do start doing that inner work and it hurts, it's cry, you cry a lot and all that. Like, but once you start doing it, uh, once you start doing it, it just becomes so much easier to drown out all the noise, all the nonsense, all the excess negativity. And I will say that, like, you're going to be more vulnerable to it for a little while once you first start. Like, I remember when I first really started my inward journey, like, like negativity from external sources, like, just drove me nuts. Like, I couldn't be in this room because you start picking up on that energy in ways that you didn't even know and it's like, yeah, then, but once you get, you know, after a while you rise above that, it's just like, it's like, you know, it's like growing pains. Um, but anyway, yeah, start, right. start with it. Yeah. Yeah. When you, <laughs> absolutely. Um, likewise, I can, I can recall how that was for me. Uh, turning inward is a very painful process because all of the garbage that you keep inside that you don't want the, the world to see just starts coming to the surface. And it's like, it's almost like a spotlight is on you, even though you feel like perhaps if you're depressed, for instance, like the cloud is over you, but it's just like, Oh, everybody can see it. But it's just, you know, that's just you going through your, like a neurotic phase where all of that darkness and all that shadow work is kind of coming to the surface. But you're right. Like once that happens, you also start to take on, it feels right. like a lot of the world's problems and, and kind of an indirect you you almost like it's almost like you're beginning to empathize with other people in that in that regard as well and you're taking on all of those energetic qualities and it feels like a lot of baggage to carry but you know it's kind of like you just have to understand it's that part that's of the part process, of the process you know it's like anybody it's who just, goes through it it's like uh you know when you for example when you're learning how to yeah what sword fight you know when you're learning how to sword fight you get beat up a lot right at the beginning. So once you start opening yourself up to energy and ideas and feelings in this way, like, like it's overwhelming at first, you know, because you don't know how to handle it, but then you're, you, you intuitively, you learn, you, you know, not that consciously, intuitively, you learn how to just, how to like, keep that and like, and then you're, you're just able to live in the world so much so much better you know so much more at peace like i remember when i was because i listened to election night coverage okay because i had I, I you know i i didn't want to that all that much uh you know i did part of me just you know like you know the thrill of election night but part of me didn't want it but i did and so the compromise was i, I you know i watched pbs instead um, and, and just kind of like took it easy and, you know, um, and got my fix in and, uh, you know, listened to the election night and that was it. Yeah. And, you know, you tried to be, I lost my train of thought somewhere in there. I, I wasn't and, sure where I know, was going with that. And so I just kind of wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all good. I mean, you kind of, even though, even though you're doing this intense internal work, part of you is still attached to that external kind of energetic quality again. 
So it's almost like yeah. Well, no, well, well, myself, uh, okay, it's like, like it's like I did because because of this magazine, dude. Because of this podcast and stuff like that. Because I wanted to know, you know, like how else am I going to know that the pipe broke at in you know the Georgia Democratic. Uh, Orders, you know all that shit you know like so like yeah that's why i that's why i did it uh yeah my bad right yeah but i mean and the more you kind of pay attention to that stuff, right it's kind of like there's no end to it and it's almost like in itself is like a drug like you want to find out the next scandal involved with it and then the next one and then the next one and it's just like if you really right. want to find it, especially you're going now with no Twitter, when it, you know, like, like just like like random dudes' thoughts, you know, can serve, can send you down a spiral for hours, you know, and then it's like like an hour later, you know, it's like I just spent an hour, I just wasted an hour on some random dude on Twitter and what his thoughts and the articles that you know, it's like, oh no. No, you know, I'm like, we've even this conversation, you know, like yeah. we've been normally our, our, our conversations are, or at least these podcasts that we've been doing have been pretty structured, you know, and all like that. Um, but uh, not, not like in a bland way, just saying, you know, like we knew what we were going in, like what we wanted to talk about going in more or less. This is like been a lot more free flowing, a lot more all over the place. This is just so and and really what what we're trying here is the reason why it's like a little it's it's just a little hard to know what specifically is needed right now is because people like people have so many different needs and and we're just trying we're about people you know we're trying to get people to get along again and all, and you know to think bigger and you know to accept people for who they are and and all of that, and and so you know, it's draining. It's been draining for us. It's yeah, been you well, know the I mean, election yeah. without question. The election season has been draining, like because have been you know like even just the things that I'm writing right now, and have some have a few articles coming out over the next week and a half, maybe two weeks, um, that are like really heavy. Uh, and, and, but you know, shit that needs to be said. And it's like, it takes a lot out of you to, to write stuff like that. It really does. And you know, that's why I really try to focus more on the healing aspect instead of, you know, telling everybody what's wrong, because if you want to know what's wrong, there's a million different ways to find out what's wrong. You know, and, and that's okay, like, if that's your thing, but I, I find that it doesn't help me all that much, even though I still, like I said, I like to torture myself every now and again and kind of re-immerse myself in all of that. And, you know, again, being part of the magazine, also, it, you know, it, it requires that a little bit to know what's going on. But um, that's why I try to keep the focus on gardening, like working on yourself, like giving up a lot of these, like, really bad habits that kind of, uh, they, they accompany all of those other kind of yeah, you know, piccadillies like, that like we have when it comes to the politics. social, like the social media being number one. Like, like now, if ever there was a time to unplug for social media for a week, you know, uh, even on just a week, you know, like now is the time. Like, like the and you really hit it. Like, like it's just, like the synergy between all that and other like really unhealthy habits like this excessive amount of time on social media 
or binge watching stuff or reading the news, you know, like all of that. Like, like, yeah, now is the time if ever to just unplug for a little bit. Right. And I, all this perceived chaos, this apparent chaos, like we mentioned at the beginning, if nothing else, use that as the catalyst to inspire you to do all the right. things that we just mentioned as far as healing yourself. Because you can see it all clear as day now. There's no real denying it. You can't really be ignorant of it in a, in a way anymore. So much so, so that we don't even really need to describe kind of what it is. You just know. Um, uh, uh, like, like this, yes. is the, this is the new revolution, okay? And this shit is not televised, all right? Um, it is not televised. Uh, Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I challenge all of you out there <laughs> to, to turn off your social media for a week, a couple of days, at least. See what Go within. Start, start, start that, that internal, you know, really like that internal work, like really double down on it. Work on self-improvement, you know, fucking get your diet in order, get in, get into the gym, do some yoga, you know, like, 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 like take, get yourself into the best version of yourself like then you can worry about the world if you're if you don't if you if you're doing it the other way exactly. you're I, never going to help the world you, you in fact you're going to hurt it right right the mystic gurgit says the same thing like if you if you think about humanity as though it were a machine you have a bunch of broken machines going out trying to fix it other broken machines. Work that way. It just doesn't broken work that way. I love that image. Broken machines it. trying to fix broken machines. And right. And not to liken No, that, yeah. Like that wasn't the point of the analogy. No, the, no. That, uh, you could say the blind leading the blind, too, is kind of similar. You know? Um, uh, uh, you know, if you don't do that inner work, you're blind. You're blind. And and so, you know, you're heading out there trying to lead to help people, but don't even realize that you're blind. And therefore, you get the blind leading the blind. That's right. So all of our listeners, anybody out there who comes across this podcast or a true rebellion, truereb.com, T-R-U-E-R-E-D.com, read our articles, take them to heart. See what, see what we have to say. Uh, we encourage you to apply these exercises and these ideas to your life. I know. It's You'll like, it, how, it's, how you it's, it's profound. Like, like, you know, like, like people want, like, uh, for example, the scientific evidence that, that meditation works. And yeah, the scientific evidence that meditation works is out there. But I always tell people, why don't you try it and see if you feel any different first? And you do, you do and it's like it's oh and it happens like pretty fast you know <laughs> so it's like like you have focus within love one another remember that nobody really has a choice um who we are and how we feel and what we think all we can choose to do is work on ourselves um and then from there try and make the world absolutely i think that's Absolutely. I think that's a a beautiful message to end on. So I think, yeah, 
Thank you, Pasquale, for joining me tonight. And thank you to all the people listening out there. We don't have any sure listeners to right yet, I don't think, But, you know, we'll, uh, I mean, this, the magazine is just getting going. I wouldn't doubt that in the future some people come to uh, listen to early podcasts where we began, you know, can hear our low-tech setup and Andy's uh, fading in and out, <laughs> like that. So, um, uh, all right, brother. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for hosting this one problems. again. <laughs> all right man talk to you soon yeah no problem thanks for stopping by